0: 22-year absence. The Boston Celtics are NBA champions once again. Back to full. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. Seven seconds. They got military
1: in range. I'll tell you, what Tom Brady just did, it, it gives me goosebumps.
0: wide again for Tierney.
1: Tierney's caught. Chief, the circle, Horton, the the knock out hey there, and welcome back to another episode of the Boston Sports Extra Podcast Celtics Edition. My name is Travis Babcock, and I'm joined here by my fellow Celtics analyst, John Vogel. How's it going, John?
0: It's going great, Travis. How about you?
1: I'm good, man. You know... Just finished that third preseason game. I'm all hyped to get on the pod real quick here and talk talking some Celtics basketball.
0: Oh yeah, man. And it was an interesting game. Um, we did get we did get our butts handed to us, and I, I there's not too much I'm sure that the media will have to say is positive about it, but hey, I think we have some good things to look at, some positives. Yeah,
1: yeah. Definitely, we're gonna we're gonna go over some uh, just some key takeaways we got from you know the first three we played uh, Charlotte twice back to back, and we had Cleveland tonight. So um, let's dive into it. Let's talk about the first unit because uh, right now the first unit is looking ferocious out there. I think um, they are coming out strong in all. Th- well, Cleveland not so much, but the first two games with Charlotte they came out firing. Man, they were up what 16 points at one point in the first quarter, of game two, I think around there in game one, um, that first unit is explosive.
0: And what's really standing out with the first unit is Jalen Brown has really stepped up his game so far from what we've seen. He's really contributing on this team. And, stand, And you know, when, when you turn on a game, you want to see somebody pop. You want to see somebody kind of stand out as, wow, he is just at another level compared to the – especially the guy that he's on – and Jalen on offense has just been explosive and out of this world.
1: Yeah, he's he's averaging 12 and a half points and four and a half rebounds a game. And I know that he's only playing about 15 minutes a game. So, like, he's explosive. He's getting in there in the short time he's getting. And he's making the most of his opportunities.
0: And um, Kyrie's Kyrie. finding him. That's Kyrie. the best part.
1: Yeah, man. Ky, you know, talking about Kyrie, man. Him and – he is looking like a whole new animal out there with his, you know, him feeling better with no, no knee soreness now and – um, he's out there, like, dropping dimes, you know? He's not always looking for his shot only these days, and I love that about him, you know? The more pass-heavy pass this offense is, the better everybody is going to be, and the more shots they're going get, to uh, get up.
0: Yeah, no, and one of the best things that stands out is Kyrie's best talent when he was with the Cavaliers that everyone remembered him for. The thing that made him famous was his ability to attack the basket. Mm-hmm. He's attacking this basket again, the way that we saw classic Kyrie when he was young and up and coming and he looks like that, that form again, that kind of form is going to score 25, 30 points a game.
1: He more than anything, he looked like a leader, man. He looked like the, like, even with Gordon Hayward back and everything, he looked like the face of this franchise. And, you know, I think he needs that. I think that's something that he's been seeking for a long time now. And I think, this is his year to really firmly put a, like, stranglehold on that title and just own it, you know? And I think that he's, like, all in on that this year. Um, How would you
0: not be with this roster?
1: Right? I mean, that's what he said, you know? Like, he'd be crazy, you know, not going to get into the whole weaving stuff, but, I mean, who would want to weave this situation, you know? So he's, he's in a good situation right now. He's looking great. Jalen's out there firing away. My favorite player on the on the first unit though right now is Jason Tatum. You know, he's my boy. Um he's averaging, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's averaging 12 points and uh nearly five rebounds a game right now. Same same with uh Brown. Both those guys are putting about the same numbers up right now.
0: But uh and, and Tatum has looked good. I I like Tatum. He seems to be picking up on some of Kyrie's moves. Especially when he, when with uh, his ability to get open and stuff, and we had started to see that late last year, but now he, he's he's learning, man. He's he knows he's got a loaded roster. He knows he's filled with star power, and now he just he's balling out. He's picking
1: up on it. Yeah. What the reason why I have been so high on Tatum is because I know when you when you look at him coming into last season, he was timid. You know, like he came in knowing he's a 19 year old. Like he's in a he's in a grown man's league, and he's a teenager. He came in like. Super, like, when refs made a call that he didn't agree with, he'd just back away. He'd be like, nope, I'm not going to touch that. I'm leaving. Right away, first first preseason game, ref made a call. He came right up to that ref like he was Kobe freaking Bryant out there being like, yo, what's up? Like, why are you – you know, he's like – he's suddenly getting this swag to him. He's out there, you know, crossing fools over and, like, calling out for isolation plays, making sure that plays are set up to go to him, you know, versus trying to just catch the ball and dish it off to knowing that he's – this young kid, and you know, maybe Ky- he's got Kyrie Irving on his team. Why would he take that shot when Kyrie's over there? You know, it's no longer the case for uh, Jason Tatum.
0: No, and I agree. And talk about swag. Did you see what that team did when they were getting their first photo shot when training camp started? And there's that big media day. Did you nope. see the videos of them setting up for those photos?
1: I don't think so. No, what was going on?
0: Oh. It was straight up swag, dog. Like, you—you you got the energy just watching it from the video, and I was on Twitter. <laughs> right. These guys—these yeah. guys are coming out. They're gonna play, and
1: they're, they're gonna have
0: fun. It—it's—it's it's a Golden State kind of feel, you know.
1: Totally. I mean, even though like Gordon was out last year, he was still around the team. Like they—they've have now had a chemistry, you know, over in a, a year under their belt. So. um they're coming out confident. They know they're the number one team in the East right now. It's a little bit different dynamic than they were last year, you know, when Gordon went out and then all of a sudden they were no longer the expected team to beat anymore.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so they're going to have to learn how to uh, deal with these kind of expectations. But, you know, through three games, I know it's super early, but through three games, this starting offense, is Wow.
0: I so- think moving on to the bench here, Mark, Marcus Morris has been phenomenal off the bench and we were wondering how he would move into that role uh, as from going from starter to role player mm-hmm. he's not missing a beat I feel like he's dropping more threes than he was as a starter he is he is on it man
1: yeah Marcus Morris has a rare ability to just be confident no matter what like he doesn't like I thought that he would you know slide in a little bit less of a role you know especially with and here we're coming back. But, no, you're absolutely right. The dude is coming out there with more confidence than ever. Today In, in uh, against Cleveland, he led the charge in that comeback. We didn't pull it off, but he was the guy out there just, you know, knocking three down, three after three down, like leading this, this comeback. And we've
0: done it the first two games. That's what stood out when I was watching the first two games against Charlotte it is just he knows that he could still start in the league, I think, and now he's going up against the league's bench players. And he knows he's better than just about all of the league's bench players, and that's what where his confidence is coming from is the fact that he's he might as well be playing G League right now in his mind. (laughs) Like he he's he's seeing the court in a totally totally different way. It's really helping this bench take off. Uh,
1: For me, as long as he sticks with being the leader of the bench and doesn't, you know try to take over some of the offense when he's perhaps in a starting role, not a starting role, but when he's playing with a bunch of the starting unit, um, that's when he needs to know the different, to differentiate between when he's the leader of the bench and when he's the fourth or fifth option on the on the, on the the floor with more of the starters. That's my right. only thing with him. If he hard to differentiate the two, then he's going to be a great contributor this season.
0: Uh, why wouldn't you at this point, though? You know, if you look at it logically – He's gonna. He has a chance to pull off some of the best numbers he's ever had in his career. Like I think, honestly, if he plays this bench role perfectly, and he sticks to exactly what his role is with this team, he could score 15 a game.
1: I don't. I don't see why not. Who else is gonna score off the bench? You know, Terry Rozier is a great scorer, but Marcus Smart, he's under. He's a sub 10 point per game guy for his career. So Boston's gonna need that that offense off the bench this year. And.
0: And like I said, he can go start pretty much anywhere in this league right now. If he wanted to, he could, ask, he could request a trade and say, I don't want to play here and go start somewhere else and get his 30, 35 minutes a game.
1: But he's happy here. He wants to win. He's I would,
0: <laughs> see, if, I, if I'm playing basketball and I know this and I am better than just about every bench player that I'm going to face against, that's what I'm thinking. Hey, I'm on a contract year. I could just go ahead and play lights out and maybe make a few extra million before I get out of the league. <laughs> like, that's you gotta, know, like
1: that's gotta be what he's thinking. You know, he's in a, like you said, his contract year. He knows that, you know, Boston is in a financial bind, you know, coming up. So for anything, if anything, he's going to be playing, like you said, for his future, for his future, you know, financial situation, trying to prove to the rest of the league this year. That
0: if you're putting hard. 15 points up at his age yeah. per game, or even 14 or 13, like people are going to pay, you're going to drop 10 million on you.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, what do you think about Gordon Hayward so far, man?
0: Well, I don't know yet. I, I think that he looks like he's still worried about that, that knee, the ACL, and every or the ankle, I'm sorry, the ankle down there kind of folding up on him again. Because when he jumps, he doesn't have that same sort of confidence with, with his jump shot. Uh, he's not attacking the basket like he normally does. He had a really nice follow-up in the first game. I think it was Tatum, your boy, who missed the shot with this. I don't know what he was trying to do with the layup, sort of over behind his back, and totally missed the basket. But hey, Hayward was there to put it back in. So I mean, he's 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 had a few plays that have kind of jumped like that, like the the follow-up and stuff, and he's hit a few jump shots. But it's not the same Gordon Hayward that we saw in Utah. You know, like the guy that wants to, that, that just has this energy about him and this quiet sort of humble confidence about him, you know, that just right. pushes him to the next level, makes him a star in the league. He just, he doesn't have that right now. And is he, he may find it before the regular season starts. So I think the jury's still up for Gordon, you know?
1: The jury is certainly still up. I know that, like, for me anyways, I predict Gordon won't be back to his normal self until, like, Mid-season. It's going to take them a while. I mean, there's a difference between, you know, training for a year and get to get back into game shape and actually playing in a live professional basketball game in the top I agree. in the world. Like, two very different things. And it's going to – nobody. Nobody comes back from a year or year and a half absence hot route to bat. Paul George didn't. Paul George yep. was, like, dropping 14 points a game for a first half of his season when he was coming back. You know, it's just – Gordon is. It's understandable that he's, you know, he's not where he needs to be right now, and that's perfectly okay. Brad Stevens, I think, sees it. He's giving Gordon Hayward tons of minutes, you know, because I think he understands that Gordon needs every ounce of time he can get. He played 22 minutes in Game One. I believe he played 18 minutes tonight, or somewhere around there. So he's getting he's getting minutes, and he just needs to get repetition. That's all it really is, you know.
0: Yeah, you have to remember when you break your ankle, you don't walk for probably four or five months after it. If I remember, he wasn't walking until February.
1: Mm.
0: I could be wrong about that, so don't quote me. <laughs> but, Gordon, you know, he you, when you have to learn to walk again, and that means you have to learn to run again. That means you have to learn to jump again. You have to retrain your mind to sort of use those muscles again that you haven't been using in months because they've been broken. They've been damaged. So, that's why, that's why, you know, like um, great examples in Philadelphia in the NFL right now, Carson Wentz coming back from his ACL injury is a huge deal because he's out there playing like he always did. Yeah. And he wasn't able to walk for a couple months after that injury, you know. Uh, Again, I, I'm sorry. It's NFL season, so I'm going to have to pull these out. You know, like Deshaun Watson in Houston looks completely the opposite of what he did last year. He's not as, ex- as explosive. He's not as fast. And again, these injuries take time away from just you being able to live your normal life and you do the things that we take for granted. Mm -hmm. So there's a whole lot more that goes into this whole rehab process I think a lot of people don't understand either.
1: And you you mentioned confidence. And I think confidence is all mental, right? I mean, it's not Mm -hmm. necessarily – it's not all physical. It's it's mentally these – you talk about Deshaun Watson – and his maybe his mental state isn't there he doesn't feel confident in his you know recovery that he's going to be able to make that throw and not get injured he's going to take this hit and he could you know re-aggravate his injury you know so with Gordon you see that you see that in game in the first three games where he comes like he's one of the best pick and roll players in this league and he'll come off this pick and roll in the first three games and he'll rush a pass he won't attack the rim if he does attack the rim he's not attacking full strength he's He's timid. You know, he's not jumping. He's just very, very guarded. I think the key word is guarded, you know, for these three games. And it's going to take mm-hmm. physical to get back where he's at, where he's used to be. And it's also going to be mental. And with that, with mental, you just got to give him time and he'll be fine.
0: And, um, and yeah, that, it is all mental. Sometimes maybe when he jumps, he goes to take that jump shot. He might think somewhere subconsciously about, oh, what if I come down on this ankle the wrong way again? Mm-hmm. You know that that's a confidence issue. and then there's you know it might not feel right when he's going up. It might not feel like it used to. it's not completely there like he's partially there. you know that kind of stuff happens too. So
1: one one last thing I want to mention about Gordon Hayward um, is going away from like how he has looked as far as stats on the court. One thing mm-hmm. I noticed that Brad Stevens has done with Gordon Hayward um, through the first three games uh, let's call it, strategic wise is he's running Gordon Hayward in a lot of sets in the, in the offense where uh, he's the lone ball handler slash guard on the court. You know, he's running um, he's putting Gordon in with a lot of the bench unit players where he mm-hmm. is the guy, he's the number one option. And I think just from, you know, looking long-term down the road, that's a really good move for a guy like Gordon Hayward because Gordon Hayward is kind of a passive guy. It's crazy to say, cause the dude averaged, you know, plus, t- plus 20 points a game, last two seasons in utah but got gordon hayward's the kind of guy who will be passive and will take himself out of the offense when so much star power is on the court and i fear that's part of my fear with gordon hayward coming into last season and with this season is will gordon hayward be able to be you know an alpha with so much alpha talent on this court so brad stevens putting him in the situation where he's going to have to be the alpha in the offense i think is going to be a great move moving forward
0: you are absolutely right about that. And Gordon has, I think for the majority of his career, hasn't averaged over uh, 15 shots a game. Right. You know, so he's a guy that he understands that he ha- he plays the team game and he's more focused on honing his accuracy with, with shooting than he is anything else. And I think that's one of the things that really makes him special and why Brad Stevens – was so hell-bent on him getting to Boston during the free agency period last year.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think it's going to make the bench unit scary when you have the opportunity to take Kyrie Irving off the court and sub in Gordon Hayward, you know, to tier them and have Gordon be running a second unit offense. And then, oh, Gordon Hayward's going to come out for a breather. Guess she's popping back in. Kyrie and Kel, you know what I mean? It's like, that's and there's like, so
0: many players you can do that with on this offense. It's ridiculous.
1: It's unreal, man. It's Golden State level. It's, it's unreal, you know. Um, one thing this team, and I'll tell you right now, from the first three games of preseason, I really wanted to get into this, is um, they're going to take a ton of shots this year. I think what we're going to see from this Boston, the f- number one difference in this Boston Celtics team this year, is you're going to see a very fast-paced offense very different than the way Brad Stevens has always run things as a head coach. He's a very defensive-minded head minded head coach, and he also runs a lot of half-court sets. He doesn't like um, you know, getting a rebound and just shooting down the court and getting the first shot that you can get. But that has changed in this first three games, and I want to just tell you some crazy stat that I found um, that will just blow your mind here. Boston shot 104 times in game one and 95 times in game two of the of the preseason. They shot about eighty three times in game three, I believe. What's crazy about that is John, guess guess how many shots that the number one, you know, the fast fastest paced offense in the league took last year. The average.
0: I want to say I want to say 90.
1: 90. 90 is a good guess. 88. Chicago. Chicago took 88 shots per game last year. Number one in the league. Austin put 104 up in game one, and I'll repeat that, and 95 in game two. The last team to average 90 shots in a game for a season was Golden State in 09. I mean, yeah, that's crazy, right? And they're putting, oh, you know, sub, you know, plus 100 shots up. They're way changing. They're revamping their offense completely. Well,
0: let's, let's put it this way. Normally when you see a team putting up so many shots, because that's what your stats here are saying is, you know, if Chicago led last year in the number of shots put up per game, it was because they were bad. 2009 Warriors were bad.
1: Right.
0: You know, these these are horrible teams. Normally when a team is putting up shots, it's because they're, they're rushing down the court. They're just literally putting shots up and hoping they go down. They're throwing prayers, literally. So – the fact that, that Boston is going to shoot that many times a game, 104 and then 93, with the shooters that they have on this team, is, is, out, is astounding. And actually, if I may say so, my uh, 120 points, 130 points a game kind of sounds realistic if they're going to put up that many shots.
1: That's I. I wanted to mention it because I was, you know, we're gonna bounce back to that uh, comment you made because I think that's a right in mind, right? More shots equals more points.
0: Well, I had walked it back in the article because I had run the numbers again, and I was like, Ugh. <laughs> I'm coming up with 115. Oh, I we think we stretched a little bit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think if we drop it to 120. We might actually have a chance of hitting that number. I mean, you never know. Yeah, I know.
0: I think 120 is very reasonable because. I ran the numbers on the last uh, four years of Boston's, you know, their stats as if I was using this system at that time. Mm. And the numbers are right. They're always a couple points behind. And so what I think I'm going to have to do is I'm going to have to add a coach factor. I think a coach adds a couple points per game. And uh, I think Brad Stevens could be possibly worth, you know, two points or three points a game per season. So, like.
1: Okay. Uh, you know
0: if, if, you, you put, if I were to add the, the if I were to add a coach factor to my sort of formula here and then add uh, Stevens to it, say two points a game, yeah, we're still talking 117, 118 points a game.
1: I think that's I think that is achievable. I don't want to say reasonable because that's a lot, but I think that's achievable. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's bold because Boston' uh, Brad Stevens led teams have not been good in offense. They really haven't. I, I, the last good offensive team I've personally witnessed from the Boston Celtics was probably 08, and even that team wasn't, you know, a top, top, top team in the league in offense. So, for them to be putting up these kind of these kind of shots, it's different. And I, you know, Brad Stevens is still going to harp on defense, and the team's going to have to still be a defensive-minded team. But what what we're seeing here, if you look at the roster in terms of the starting unit. And you see, why are these te- why are these guys putting up so many shots? Here's the thing: anybody on the court, Al Horford through Kyrie Irving on that starting unit, can go. They can giddy up and they can go, and they can they can dribble, they can pass. They all have the ability to make plays, and that's the key. Al Horford gets the rebound. He doesn't have to like set up and look for Kyrie in the back court before running down the court, jogging methodically down the court and setting up offense. He can just go. And he'll find a guy. He can make a play. Everybody on that starting unit can get the ball and go down the court and make something happen. And I think that's why we're seeing so many shots, you know, being put up per game from this team.
0: No, and, and they're moving the ball. It's being distributed. You know, they're not they're not wasting time moving up and down the court. They're mm-hmm. moving the ball down. If there's somebody down there, there's a pass going down. I mean, it's, it, this offense – has been explosive the first three games, even though the scoreboard may not show it entirely at this point. But at the same time, this is preseason. Yeah. You know, this is designed to work out kinks. This is a time period, you know, you don't have to win games. And a lot of times these players aren't going to be in their same, you know, mental zone that they would be in a regular season game at the beginning of the year or later in the year when, you know, uh, the playoff time starts to come around.
1: John, you're, ab- you're absolutely right. You got to take it with a grain of salt, and I shouldn't be sitting here thing, you know, they're going to average 100 shots a game for the season. It's been just three three preseason games. You're right. No, but at the <laughs> same time,
0: that, that is it. It, Even though it is preseason. Yeah. They're still going to try to run some of the stuff that they're going to do in the regular season because that's what this period is for. Mm-hmm. is to work kinks out. It's to attempt. It's to experiment. It's to try things. Hey, does this work? If it works, stick with it, you know, until somebody figures out how to beat it, and then you move on to something else. It's, that's what sports is. That's what strategy is.
1: Right. So do you see this team being more of an offensive team or more of the tra- traditional Brad Stevens-led defensive team this
0: year? Uh, I'm right. I think, I think my, my stance on this is very clear. I think they're going to average 30 points a quarter. You know, like – they they have so much offensive talent everywhere. It's really hard not to imagine this team scoring a lot. Especially since when you put so many stars on a team and you surround especially young guys with stars. You know, so this is the perfect combination that this Boston team has. Everybody is trading tricks. Everybody's teaching someone. Right. That that's one of the things that makes basketball such a great sport is that it's not like football in the sense where everyone has to have certain skills. You know, everyone now, especially since basketball has been moving toward this positionalist basketball sort of team effort kind of thing. And Brad Stevens has been one of the major factors behind it. This is something that, that you know, he wants, he hones on his players. He wants everybody to be able to do everything. And if picking are on different things, they're teaching each other, hey, you know, try this little mechanism when you try to shoot a three to keep your range and everything. There's also all the the mechanics to the the techniques. And, you know, you see it on the court. Like I mentioned earlier with with Tatum picking up on some of Kyrie's moves. I saw Jalen looking like sometimes I was mixing him up with Kyrie because of just his explosiveness and the way he attacks the basket that's what makes this, this was going to make this team really bonded and gel is if they could trade tricks with each other and kind of help each other build to be better. I don't see why they couldn't.
1: I, I don't see a player in this roster at this point that will hurt any, any development in any way. in what you're saying, I think you're absolutely right. This roster is full of a bunch of selfish guys. And, um, I think they're all, they seem to all be collectively ready for, for the ultimate goal. And that's banner 18. Um, That'd be if, so. if
0: they if they play the way that we've seen so far, you know, some of the flashes, if they mm-hmm. stick with the flashes, they Banner 18 will be falling down this time next year. It could. I'm just saying.
1: It yeah, very well could. Um, that being said, we're going to get we're going to get um, away from some of this preseason talk. Boston plays Cleveland in the fourth and final game of the preseason uh, coming up. What is it? 2 days from now? The 4th, I believe. Might be the 6th. Um it- Kyrie Irving will be back in that that game. Kyrie Irving, for anybody out there that doesn't know, Kyrie Irving uh, did not miss this game due to injury. It was simply just a uh, – I call it a rest day. He just – they just didn't play him. Just wanted him to just take a breather. He didn't really need to get out there and risk any injuries in the game three of a preseason game. So he he felt personally that he is getting back into playing shape. You know, he's above, uh, above, the, above the pace here. So um, no worries there, guys, for Kyrie Irving. Um, we're going to go ahead and, John, let's look ahead to uh, the regular season. I just want to take a look at the first week um, and just kind of go over what you think, like if we're going to do some predictions, just kind of, um, we play Philly game one in Boston. We play Toronto in Toronto. Um, we're in New York for the Knicks. Uh, and then we wrap up the first week with the Magic, um, the Magic show in Boston. So I uh, just wanted to like, give your take and see where we uh, where you think we'll stand after week one.
0: I, I could see this team recently being 3-1. and
1: 3-1, okay.
0: Uh, I think one of those games you're going to drop at some point. I think the best opportunity that someone has, you know, reasonably logic, logically to think on this would be Philadelphia. Philadelphia is just they're, – they're a solid team this year. They're going to be competing with Boston all the way. Ben Simmons, I guarantee you we're going to start to see a deep shot from him this year. It's not going to be something effective. It's not going to be something that, you know, we're going to see a lot of, but we're going to see bet something better than oh for 11. Uh, Joel and Bede, oh, my goodness, what a freak. You've got him and Simmons. Markel Fultz is playing more of a shooting guard. He's and looking they're kind good, of,
1: He's looking oh, good yeah, right now preseason.
0: It's great already. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure they're going to try to transition him somewhere into that point. So they can keep Redick on the court at the same time, and then this is the crazy thing about this offense with Philly is you've got Ben Simmons who can play the point and the power forward. Mm-hmm. He can play small forward if you want him to, and I wouldn't be surprised if we see him lined up as a shooting guard at some point of the season. Maybe even the first game. He he's just he's a solid all around player. He moves. He has the skills set of a point guard especially with his distributing ability and he can attack the basket with physicality and speed. That's what makes Simmons so great. Uh, so what I think what they're going to try to do is they're going to try to use uh, Dante, Dante search more and mm-hmm. put him into that power forward, kind of let Simmons play that point. So they have that big physical presence, slide faults over into the shooting guard and then Wilson channel will play small forward. But, this is a solid team, man. This is a team that can actually kind of somewhat compete with Boston oh, yeah. and really give them a run for their money on this slate. New York, new. how is New York going to compete with Boston?
1: No, I agree.
0: How, how is Orlando going to compete with Boston?
1: Those are easy ones, right?
0: Yeah, those are. you might as well. I mean, you, you can't ever mark a game off in the NBA because it's night to night and there's 82 games a right. year and it's not like football in that regard or even college basketball at times you know this is logically the matchups are not even there these are those would be sweeps for boston this year
1: i, I agree with you i mean new york and magic for me were write-offs i mean not again you can't write a game off but Kyrie is special in, in new york he always puts on a show in new york he's kind of like LeBron out there in new york um, I believe his career high was in New York. I'm not sure on that, but I know he scored 57 points, and I want to say it was against New York. He's he's a different guy up there, and it's his hometown. Like, that's an easy win, I think, for Boston. Magic in in Boston to wrap up week one. Give me it. Um, but I agree with you. Philly, man, Philly's going to be the biggest contender for Boston this year. They're not going to be pushed over quite as easily as they were last year. Um, I'm not one of those people that really, like, relies super heavily, like, get really, like – the whole concept of history you know what is the matchup history with the two teams because history is history and this is now um mm-hmm. that being said boston's 14 and two in the last 16 regular season matchups with philly
0: you're kidding me
1: 14 and two man i mean i know philly just recently got good but that's disgusting i, I went back today and i looked up through all the matchups the last couple of years and it's just win, win 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 loss win win It's just like it's insane um, I think here's the thing emotionally charged nights are, you know, they could be sometimes good, sometimes bad, right? You get, you always see those, those banner raising, you know, home openers, you know, like Golden State will open up their home opener and then drop and drop a fat L because they're just playing off the emotions of the night, you know? Um, Gordon Hayward's going to be returning, you know, he's going to be announced to the Boston crowd in front of T- in TD Garden, in front of 18,000 plus fans. In opening night against the biggest rival they have in the East, that's an emotional night for Boston. It could be beneficial and it could be harmful. I think you're right. I think of these four matchups, that's the one that could drop. Um, I have them. I have them going four zero. I'm just going to be just going to just Sixers are a toss up for me, man. I'm going to go ahead and say they get the dub with Gordon Hayward's return. Um, the one you got to watch out for though is that at Raptors game. We haven't really
0: talked. Oh. That. Yeah, yeah, White I forgot. Toronto, that's, a no. tough
1: one to, that's a tough one-two matchup there, man. To go from at home in Philly to match up with the Raptors, Kawhi Leonard out there?
0: No, you're definitely right. That team, that team is going to compete in the East as well, probably. They're, I think they're much – they're closer to – on a level-wise to Philadelphia, who seems to be just yeah. – because Boston is really the clear favorite at this point. There's nobody that – more people consider to be the better team in the East, and then right under there you've got your second tier teams, and I think Toronto's right there with Philly. Because I forgot Kawhi was there until you said that when you brought it up again.
1: I agree, man, and that's what I mean. That's a hard, that's a rough schedule to start the for the season with your first two matchups against the other two best teams in the East. You know, like that's that's rough. But for me, I think it's gonna be too early in the season. I think you know the Raptors are going to be working with a new head coach. You know, they have Kawhi Leonard. He's going to have to get, you know, welcomed into the system and brought up and up to pace. And, you know, there's chemistry issues. gonna. They're going to have some kinks, you know, with him and uh, Kyle Lowry out there. I mean, Kawhi's a great player. He's one of the top players in the league, but there's always going to be chemistry issues right off the bat.
0: Yeah, I agree. That's why you see I'm- that everywhere. And we'll eventually see that with L.A., with LeBron going out there. Uh, I know you're going to see that. Golly, what's another big acquisition this year? You're going to see that in Houston with Carmelo. You know, you're going to see oh, yeah. it. You're going to see it. Whenever there's a major change where you move one star caliber player and you bring in another, there's always going to be that adjustment because everybody has a different playing style.
1: Yeah, and unless you're the, you know, last year Celtics, you win 16 games in the first 18 games for no reason at all. You know, new chemistry. That was the – that was –
0: didn't, didn't they drop two of those games, too, like two of the first three?
1: They lost the first two and won 16 in a row after that. Wow.
0: That's, what, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. I knew it was something around there. I couldn't remember.
1: That's ridiculous. I mean, that that's a rare – That's that doesn't happen. That's that's what I would call a unicorn in the situation. That's just like most
0: often. It, that was all after you had lost your uh, star player, Gordon Hayward, to a nasty ankle injury five minutes into game one.
1: People were calling Kyrie Irving the MVP of the league 18 games into the season. Cause of that, that stretch. Yeah. I mean, but again, that's, that's separate. That's a separate situation. The Celtics didn't lose their head coach. You know, the Raptors are starting over with a new head coach and that is a big adjustment too. all these players are under, you know, they're, they're used to working in a certain system and that system changes with a head coach, head coach change. Not only do you have a head coach change, but you also have the star player change. And you know, that's a recipe for disaster for the first few weeks of the season.
0: Mm-hmm. It could be.
1: So, I'm gonna go four and zero. I'm gonna go four and zero. I'm I'm just I'm call me a forever optimist, but I'm I'm just gonna go ahead and say that uh, I agree with you. Philly's gonna be the tough one. I think it's gonna be a coin flip. Um, but I'm just gonna I'm gonna go four and So You got three and one.
0: I, I th- yeah. Now especially with Toronto right after Philly. Yeah. That 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 that'll be a tough one. So, honestly, if they lose to Philly, they, they probably start 0 2. Ooh. Honestly. What's because that is, you're right, that is an emotional night. And if you drop that one, it's you're going to have to go on the road to play your next one. And it's a really good opponent.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if it's Toronto's home opener. I don't know what their schedule is if they play. Uh, on the road or at home in
0: game one, but I, I don't think it matters too much if it's a home opener or not. I mean, if it is, and yeah, they don't <laughs> they lose to Philly, they don't stand too much of a chance at all. but I think i th- I just I guess the point is emotional nights, especially uh, losing your home opener is always difficult. It's always hard mm-hmm. And then especially in when you've got a star player coming back like Gordon um, who sat out entire the entire last year. it's so hard though, man, that the NBA is such a grind and it's, you want to have the best start as possible. And we see it all the time with teams. And that's what I'm just saying is I think if they play Philly and they lose to Philly game one, they're going to start. zero and two, but they'll bounce back. That's a couple cupcakes that they got to knock out after that.
1: No No big deal. I, you know, for me, a win is just having everybody in this roster be healthy after the first game. Once that final buzzer sounds, Gordon Hayward is walking off at his own will and everybody else is good, I'm, I'm happy. Like, just, you know, we, I think I think we as Boston fans can start taking, like, start really kind of, kind of like Golden State fans, how they don't really care too much about the regular season. Not that we shouldn't care about the regular season, but, like, you know, we're, we have expectations for bigger things than what happens in the regular season. So um, a lot of us are just kind of hoping and praying that we all make it through perfectly healthy. You know, get a it's early. I know season hasn't even started yet. I'm already talking about postseason. That's my point, right? I mean, gold. Mm. I have a, I have a roommate who's a Golden State fan. He doesn't even care about the regular season. He's like, I don't call me when the postseason starts. You know, it's just like that that attitude of like expectations. I guess you know, it's different. It's different, and like, it is
0: because. That that is another thing that you have to think about. This the regular season is eighty two games. Mm. That's that's just how the NBA is. It's how it probably always will be. So when you're playing eighty two games, or even like an MLB does when you play one hundred sixty two, one game win or loss, if it's close, doesn't matter too much. Now if you're zero and five and you started and you've gone into every game thinking that way but it doesn't matter too much and you don't put in that extra effort when the game gets tight late in the game you got to change something but yeah. for the most part it's 82 games one game doesn't matter too much yeah cuz you have 81 other games that you have an opportunity to go win
1: yeah yeah so i mean we'll see um well all right so we're gonna wrap up this uh this podcast with a couple of team notes here we don't really have a lot of team notes to talk about but what i kind of want to do with each podcast is if we can just like you know have a small section where we just touch on a little bit of what's going around you know general updates with the team um give the fans out there just an idea if they've missed anything have uh have you cut you
0: know, hot takes
1: I shouldn't cut hot takes. That's a good
0: point. No, don't don't cut hot takes, man. I came prepared for one,
1: man. Come on. Yeah, forget it. You know what we're doing? We're gonna do hot takes. Forget the team news. Who cares about team news? We're doing a hot take. You wanna go first?
0: <laughs> no, you go ahead. You're the I hot to take man here.
1: Okay, okay. Good thing I have yeah. I mean I just I just had to just have these on the top of my head. So um
0: no, no. My point was you always have a hot take. That was my point. You always have one. So if I come prepared, you got to let me drop it.
1: All right. I feel it. I feel it. Let's do it. Let's do it. So it's not as hot as the last ones. You know, it's not it's not 130 points per game, you know, average hot. Um, but uh I think Taylor Azir might replace Marcus Smart as a team six man. It's not super hot, but Marcus Smart has pretty much embedded himself as the sixth man of this team. You know, last couple seasons, he has been the first guy off the bench every single time. And with Rozier's emergence, he was the first guy off the bench in game two. Um, I missed the first quarter of game three, so I'm not sure who, who you know, subbed in there first in that matchup. But Terry is looking, like he basically said, I believe after game one against Charlotte, uh, he said he's going to make it, Brad Stevens' life held. What he meant by that is he's going to make it very hard to sub him out. Like, that's his confidence right now. He's like, I'm going, like, I know I'm back up right now, but like, I'm going to do everything I can to make, make sure Brad Stevens cannot take me out of the game. Like, he's that, like, he's up here right now. And I think, like, when his offensive, like, scorching hot ability to just put buckets after buckets in the hoop, it's going to be hard for Brad Stevens not to be pulling, you know, Terry Rozier calling Rozier's name off the bench first.
0: That, that I, I think you have a, a solid point there, but I'm going to one up you. Okay. I think Marcus Morris has a great chance to win Sixth Man of the Year.
1: Whoa, that's hot. That's inferno hot.
0: <laughs> like I said, he's going to be coming off the bench for the first, for really the first time in a long time in his career. And he has this attitude right now that he's going to put up a ton of points because he's playing inferior talent, which he is compared to where he is, you know, his level on the playing court. So like, like I said, I think he's going to score a lot of points. He's been hitting threes already like crazy. He was already known as a natural three-point shooter, but his role in this offense is leadership and everything. How can how can you not consider him if at his age he's putting up fifteen points a game, maybe two or three boards and three or four assists?
1: So you're thinking fifteen a game for him? You think so? He's gonna be is he? So he's a six man. You're call, you're gonna say he he emerges as a six man of this team?
0: Uh, if he's the leader of the bench, he better be the six man.
1: I like it. I mean, the thing is, he's a power forward. He's a big guy, and that's our our. That's where we have the shortage of. So I guess if there would be, you know, one guy coming off the bench first, um, especially when it comes to bigs, of course it's Marcus Morris. But you realize how consistent he's going to have to get in order to hit that point.
0: Oh, you know, I know, but I, I, I don't know. I just i I wasn't sold on him being a great bench player until he came out with that whole you know uh the the bench nickname and then he came out on the court and he started playing i was like okay this guy's for i it's it's kind of weird it's a weird feeling
1: i mean you know how i feel about marcus morris so it's hard for me to sit here and be like oh yeah he's gonna be the sixth man of the year um Uh, that's tough, man. My hot take was Rozier's the sixth man, and your take was Marcus Morris was not only the sixth man. But that's
0: why when you said he's a sixth man, yeah, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> that's, the, that's
1: the bottom of a hot take for me. I, mean, I like it. I like it. Um, He averaged, he's the leading in terms of points per game. He averaged 13 and a half last year. So, I mean, he did lead the bench in scoring last year. He We know he's a scorer. That's his thing. It's a pure scorer. If he can get his rebounds and, his, you know, he can assist a little bit more of, um, you know, and keep continuing to lead some of those charges, you know, some of those comeback charges uh, that he did last season that we saw him do tonight, uh, sure. I think there's a decent shot at it. Um, there's some good six man. the You know, team. if you
0: also think about it, there, there's so many. There, there's three guys on this team that we've been talking about that could be in the running for six man of the year. That minute. is crazy. That That's how deep this roster is.
1: We have three six men. That's just, that's just ridiculous. How many teams in the league have three six men? Probably none.
0: Golden the Golden State doesn't.
1: Yeah, Golden State doesn't. We have the bench, man. It's it's unreal. We have Marcus Smart's defensive six man of the year. You know, Terry Rezier and Marcus Morris can share the offensive load and Run away with it. You put, like I said, you put Gordon Hayward in there in that lineup. Forget about it. It's going to be unreal. This
0: team is good. This yeah. team is great.
1: All right, so. You know what's really funny?
0: I jumped on with Eagles coverage last year. as my first official, you know, coverage assignment. They went and won the Super Bowl.
1: You had Eagles coverage?
0: Now I jumped. Now this year I'm having to cover the Patriots uh-huh. and the Saints. So now, if they both go to the Super Bowl, I'm going to be like, "Okay, man, Boston is going to the finals because there's just something about who." I'm- that's true,
1: man. <laughs> that's, that's weird. especially the Philly thing. Like, what are the That's
0: out- a hot take right there, actually. Anthony, you better forget me fired. I'm <laughs> dropping too many hot takes.
1: No, I love it, man. I love it. I love the hot takes. You know what? We're gonna do that for now on. You call it it, John. We're doing a hot take every, 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 uh, every pot. So get ready. Maybe okay, gonna I'm going to try. <laughs> okay, so... I'm
0: going to try. I don't know.
1: You, you brought the heat tonight. You brought the heat tonight, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> next next time we uh, we gather back here to talk some Celtics, it'll be... Uh, it'll probably be right before the first game. If not, we'll do a podcast. Uh, how about opening night after the Sixers? After the final buzzer? Somewhere around there. Um... But basketball's back, guys. Basketball's back. We got Celtics basketball is officially underway. We have 82 games ahead of us uh, to get ready for the playoffs. Um, but that's going to go ahead and do it for us here at this uh, Boston episode of the Boston Sports Extra podcast. Remember, you can find this podcast just about anywhere, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Stitcher, you name it, we're there. Um, John, thank you, and thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, be sure to stay tuned as we here at Boston Sports Extra tirelessly work to bring Boston sports fans great unbiased content each and every day.